Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, just having a little bit of a, I keep forgetting that the, now that I'm just on the phone and not the Mevo, that it uh, really loads up quick. Greetings all. Welcome aboard. Um, just waiting to see if anyone else is here. Um, and also, oh, Keys, you're here. Keys, you're here. Keith is here. Excellent, Sue. Hello, greetings. Um, I think uh, I think my mom may have figured out how to watch the show, which is pretty exciting. And uh, hey, Dave. Hello. Hello to you, Dave. Todd, afternoon, my friend. Rachel, happy first Friday to all. And uh, welcome aboard or abroad. Uh, although, who's going abroad now? Dave. Oh, yes, you're here at the start of the show. Indeed you are, Kevin. Howdy doody. Bob. Greetings, my friend. I got a big surprise for you today, Bob. Uh, Ouija, hello, um, and welcome. So I'm just going to reload uh, the page here. So I think I got to be able to see it a little. <laughs> How's mom going to feel about those letters from grandma? I think she'll be pretty excited if uh, if she goes back. I don't know if she's able to watch any prior shows or if she's just watching the shows as they come out. Um, <coughs> but today... Big doings, exciting. Rich, yeah, laser show. Let me turn off the lasers. Well, I don't know. Let me not turn off the lasers just yet, because today, look what came in the mail. It's the ancient aliens Bible. Ooh, this is pretty exciting. Bob, uh, I followed your link to uh, the Amazon.com, and I checked it out. <laughs> Oh, you're eating dinner. You can't come out and play right now, Darren. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but yeah, so the Ancient Aliens Bible to arrived, and it is by the well-known author Zaviant Hayes. Zaviant Hayes. Uh, if you look at, if you go to the page on Amazon, you can see a photo of Zaviant, Zaviant Hayes, and you can realize, you can realize, you can understand, you can get a deeper understanding of the understanding of who we might be listening to. Um, and that, and I, and I think that'll be a welcome relief <laughs> as I turn off the special effects and we get on with the, the actual show. So, um, yes, it is exciting, isn't it, Bob? <laughs> I thought you would be excited. I thought you'd be ready for this. I'm trying to get to, uh, our page here on the, uh, on the actual Facebook to see if I can, um, oh, here we go to see if I can get caught up and dialed into what's going on. Um, <clears throat> oh, Laura, hello. You've been so nice to stay in the same place all week. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that you've been stationed there. Pick, greetings to you, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Zaviante's name is Purple. Nice one, Kevin. Um, uh, <laughs> Scott, you say you just got accustomed to all of the Christian holidays being appropriated by heathen rituals. Now aliens. Well, I've got news for you, Scott. It turns out that uh, Zaviant here is uh, really, more, his point is more that uh, the Christians have taken over this alien interpretation. But let's not, spoiler alert, let's not jump ahead. Uh, let's get into this. <laughs> Bob, you're saying you were going to name your kid uh, Zaviant, but there are already three kids with that name on the block? Well, um, <laughs> things things sound great up there where you are. Can't believe that's not where we're doing Jake Fest. Maybe it is. Jen, greetings. Good to see you. Um, so, 
let's uh, let's get into uh, a little bit of ancient aliens, and I think we're just going to uh, Poindexter. Yeah, that's a good name. I think you're right about that, Bob. Um, let's just let's just get into a little bit of the backstory and a little bit of the meat and potatoes of the uh, early beginnings of the ancient alien uh, in the Bible uh, book. And to be honest, I'm only on page uh, 26. So we've got a we've got a journey ahead of us, fans and friends. Um, all the good stuff. This is quoting directly from ancient ancient aliens in the Bible. All the good stuff pertaining to ancient aliens was left out of the newly approved version of the Bible that eventually found its way to an English translation and re-edited by King James in 1611. Mm. So we've been operating on this edited, reduced Bible. Um, few people know that the all-important 20 books that were left out of the King James Version include the books of Enoch, Esdras, Baruch, and the complete tales of the Maccabees. Oh, the marvelous Maccabees. And I did Google the Maccabees. And these are all uh, uh, Israeli uh, uh, Jewish books of the Bible. Zaviant is not basing his... He didn't just make all this stuff up. He's, he's like, like the best uh, stories. They're based on something that has an element of truth in them. Uh, along with a bunch of other scriptures. Ooh, wink, wink. Detailing ancient alien encounters in the Holy Lands. A bunch of other scriptures. Uh, these scriptures were apparently hard to dismiss as just fanciful visions or dreams. So the editors left them out uh, completely, hoping that they would never see the light of day again. Ha! But lucky for us, Xavier Hayes is on the case. And he <laughs> has got this. Yeah, lol, the new Bible was in 1611. That's right, Laura. <laughs> We've been we've been uh, sipping on sipping on BS since then. Um, so uh, I'm just kind of I've highlighted some parts. I'm I'm not going to read from you uh, to you from the exact or complete text of this. I'm just giving you some highlights. The Aleppo Codex is one of the world's greatest treasures, written about 930 A.D. That that date uh, varies when you go on the internet, um, but in that six six hundred to nine hundred you know, ballpark 300 years, uh, on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, uh, the millennia-old manuscript hmm, was recently added to the International Memory of World Register by UNESCO, and it turns out the Aleppo Codex is an actual thing that is uh, part of the um, Hebrew text that, in that used to include the Torah, but there's some missing chunks of this Aleppo Bible. Anyway, here we go. Um, we'll start to deconstruct the theory of ancient alien encounters in the Bible by assembling our story from the original Hebrew translation. So, Xaviant uh, is he does he does say that he's basing this off some Hebrew text, but again, we're taking his word for it because who's got time to read ancient Hebrew texts? I don't read any Hebrew. Uh, all I've got is this ancient aliens Bible, and luck luckily it's condensed down before you get to the appendix. It's under 230 pages, so uh, that's good news, good news for us. Um, this will eliminate any chance of hypotheses the church may attempt to counter when, with when attempting to debunk this book, because the Hebrew texts are the source materials of their entire tax-sheltered religious existence. Xavier's mm, coming down hard on the organized uh, Christian religions. 
it would undermine the foundations of their Christian faith-based religion if the gods were merely spacemen with big brains and advanced technologies. Godlike is still not God. So if God created humankind in his own image, does that mean that God was a humanoid alien, possibly from Mars? <laughs> the passages that clearly mention the presence of alien life and extraterrestrial intervention are littered throughout the ancient Hebrew texts. So I am I am uh, a bit tongue in cheek here, or not so not so in cheek with Zavian, but I but I do enjoy this, and so I just want to uh, make sure that if anyone's watching this who's not a regular participant in the daily briefing, that they understand that uh, the uh, ancient aliens in the Bible texts reading and interpretation by me is for entertainment purposes only, and you should not base your spiritual life on this. You shouldn't base your spiritual life on what you're seeing on Facebook. How about that? How about that? Don't base your spiritual or your political life based on what you're seeing on Facebook, even if it's by comedians who you respect and admire. Uh, the leaders of modern-day Judeo-Christian and Abrahamic-based religions, uh, Islam, will never acknowledge this information publicly as it would destroy the facade of their man-made invention of the one all-seeing God who created humankind and sits on the far-off magical throne in the clouds. Once this ridiculous notion is eliminated and we learn to separate God from the misinterpretation of God, we can acquire the knowledge that ultimately puts the pieces of the puzzle concerning mankind's true history together. So, yes, um, once we, once we, uh, we can uh, eliminate this uh, ridiculous uh, misconception here, and get on with the real truth. It's a history full of incredible truths, ancient aliens, giants, advanced technologies, and lost cultures. So, right, once you get rid of the all-seeing, all-knowing, omnipotent God, you can get down to the nitty-gritty of the real, easy-to-accept truth of ancient aliens, giants, advanced technologies, and lost cultures. It is also a history that all human beings share and deserve to know about, according to Zavian. Uh, and it's going to be good fun for us on a Thursday. Of course, once this history is exposed, the three big religions will be pretty much null and void and bankrupt, both financially and spiritually. Okay, so the explosive truths here in the ancient aliens in the Bible are going to render uh, traditional religion null and void. And so far... Uh, how's that going for you, Zabiant? Let's check the copyright of Ancient Aliens in the Bible. 2018! So, um, we've been uh, <clears throat> two, possibly three years in, and so far uh, we haven't rendered uh, these uh, religions null and void. But then again, um, they, have been, uh, they have been around for a long time, so maybe two, three years is just a, just a little bit, uh, just a little bit um, premature to declare victory. But anyway... <laughs> be really cool if there was a Bible Stories of the Aliens uh, book. Yeah, well, that's what I was hoping for, actually. Uh, Bob, you're saying you have a, a rare copy of the Bible with seldom seen Book of Sylvester. Nice. There are a couple of great stories in there about him beating Apollo Creed for the World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the movie version of that, but again, the book is always better than the movie. Um, yeah, I've got Alien... Alien Bible. I've got Soylent Green right back here. I've got uh, the alien mask upstairs there. Um, 
I would throw some mass in, some batteries into that mass day, but uh, I've lost the part that takes the batteries. Um, all right. So here we go. But thanks to having the original source material of the ancient texts and a valid way to translate them with an open mind, of course, please, if you're not watching the daily briefing with an open mind, you're making a big mistake because you're missing out on a great opportunity to enjoy your uh, at least a half hour of your day. Uh, with an open mind, we can construct a new history of the world as it existed in biblical times. So let's let's get on with it. As we as we'll soon see, these religious institutions are directly involved in the cover-up as the truth of ancient UFO encounters undermines their fabricated timeline of history and the importance of their so-called sacred texts. Um, well, that's a bit of a reiteration, but then again, that's books for you. They keep telling you the things that you already knew. And now, let's get on before, because uh, to serve man, exactly, Phil. <laughs> Listen, we could end there with just a summation of what we're in, what we're in store of here in the ancient uh, aliens in the Bible uh, text by the um, amazing Xavier Hayes, and I hope Xavier, even though I am taking the piss, as they say, uh, a bit, uh, I would, I would really enjoy meeting you someday and hearing you talk about this stuff, because undoubtedly you're the person who has written this book, and uh, you're therefore an authority on what's in it. Hmm. It's a good book. This is transcendent. If you keep talking us down this path, you might end up building a Jake village somewhere in Guyana. Well, Bob, mm, I think we should discuss the location, because I'm not going to Guyana. Well, let's just say I'm going to really need to see some very good photos and videos of, of the compound that you erect. But let's get on with some ancient alien uh, stuff. <laughs> Scott, you're saying no offense intended, but this makes the lizard in the desert story seem kind of tame. Well, of course. Um, <clears throat> here we go. Let's get on with it. The, now, this is now we're about to find out some truths. Uh, about ancient aliens from the Bible, and and this is uh, this is about a page and a half, and then we'll and then we're, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> Not to tangent, but was a Jake Fest location decided, and you missed it? No, Jen, there was no Jake Fest dis 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 location decided, and uh, I have to say that uh, I strongly uh, predict the location of Jake Fest uh, when and if it if it actually occurs. What does it say when? is going to be in the continental United States. Uh, the ancient Sumerians believed that Planet X, Planet 9, here we go, was inhabited by a space-traversing race called the Anunnaki. Okay, so not only, not only do we know where the aliens are from, Planet X or Planet 9, depending on which translation you read, uh, we also know what they are called, the Anunnaki which are the same Elohim watchers of the Bible and other ancient Hebrew texts. I don't know why we don't just call them the Elohim, which is what they would have been called in the Bible, but uh, if Xavier were here, that would be a question that I would have asked him. How do you know that they're called the Anunnaki? Uh, these Anunnaki came to Earth in search of gold. <laughs> gold. They needed gold. And what a surprise... Uh, that, uh, or a coincidence, or an interesting fact, 
that the aliens are interested in gold, as was Christopher Columbus, needing it to restore the depleted atmosphere of their damaged planet. Ah, ah, so they don't want it just for what we wanted it for. It's worth money. They needed it to restore the damaged atmosphere of their planet. And so, to be fair to these ancient aliens who turn out to sort of be, spoiler alert, assholes, um... If you explain to me, look, I need all your gold because I'm going to restore the atmosphere of my planet, we might have said, okay, fair enough. We were just using it to make jewelry and money. Um, these advanced Anunnaki alien beings were most likely humanoid in appearance and possibly found that dealing with the primitive, still evolving beings was a hilarious and sometimes somewhat grotesque experience. Um, and uh, they probably couldn't wait to get us on Facebook and uh, opioids because that <laughs> Nevertheless, outposts were established on Earth and mining operations began for gold, which they need to restore the atmosphere, of course. The Sumerians say that more than 600 Anunnaki emissaries were now working among the primitive population of Earth and toiling away in the mines uh, of endless gold. After a while, the Anunnaki became bored and began to experiment with the genetic manipulations on the primitive humanoids of Earth, as if they don't have enough problems. The atmosphere on their home planet is in trouble. But no, let's... let's. Uh, I'm a little bored. Let's experiment on these, uh, these people that we've got mining our gold here on Earth. This project was done in their laboratories, which produced a number of failed attempts before successfully creating a new humanoid species known as... Lulu. I don't know if you've uh, listened to Sir, to Sir with Love recently, but Lulu is quite good. Uh, the blended one, that's the translation of Lulu, the mixed one. Uh, this genetically altered human was also called the Adama, or the Adam. And this is where we get the biblical name Adam from. <laughs> okay. The name Adam uh, was never meant to represent one man, but was the name of a particular humanoid species, Homo sapiens, a race created by the Anunnaki. Mm. This makes the biblical passage that says God created mankind in his own image a little more interesting, because God was nothing more than an ailing geneticist, geneticist with obvious human features, according to the Sumerian. These experiments were done by the Anunnaki more than 300 thousand years ago, which is around the same time that the first Homo sapiens bones appeared in the fossil record. Hmm. The first wave of these new humans was created to be a race of working workers dumb enough to follow orders and mine gold until their backs gave out. They were literally created to serve God, although the truth of just one who God was really uh, should make you rethink the whole phrase. Okay, just dumb enough to follow orders at mine gold. Hmm. And some of us are still just dumb enough to follow orders at mine gold. For example, yours truly, dumb enough to follow orders by this ancient aliens in the Bible book based on someone I saw and met on the internet. Thank you so much, Bob. Uh, I really appreciate it. And mine for gold in terms of funny entertainment for us to all enjoy on a Thursday afternoon and also gold in terms of higher video ratings here on the Facebook and also archivally on YouTube later on. And if you're watching on YouTube and you wonder who the hell I'm talking to, you got to go to Facebook and also pick up a copy of Xavier Hayes' Ancient Aliens in the Bible. So that's 
your Thursday ancient aliens in the Bible story. I hope you enjoyed it, and I look forward to many days to come. We're on page 26 now ourselves of our journey through this book, um, and so we've got probably dozens of weeks of pleasure yet to come from the ancient aliens in the Bible. <laughs> the Good Sumerian. Rape and pillage, you're saying? Oh, I got here late. Is the Church of Scientists, is this really you, Jake? It's really me, Gary. Uh, I was just reading a bit from the ancient aliens in the Bible. Um, I think you've probably picked that up by now. <laughs> uh, Jupiter's sulfur mines that Jimmy sang about? Yes, I, I think, Phil, we may be... We may got a we may got a lot of uh, <laughs> rich. You're saying I bet ancient aliens farts smell pretty rank. I don't know what the diet of ancient aliens was, but I do know that they needed gold not to make jewelry, but to restore the atmosphere of their home planet. Um, the ancient aliens. I don't know if they breathe gold, Bob, but they're somehow going to use it. To, I think there's there's. Um, <laughs> Phil's saying you would have believed that they were here for our oil. Well, that's that's what we do. That's not what they do. Um, <laughs> dilithium? No, Ouija. Uh, we already have a winner, and it's gold. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> Austin is still in the running. Yes, Scott. Austin's still in the running for Jake Fest. Um, <laughs> and Laura, you're pretty... You're pretty correct there. As far as you know, the location for Jake Fest is still in your hearts. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that's right. Uh, hopefully it's not going to remain there forever, but uh, we'll have to see. Um, <clears throat> all right. <laughs> Bob, you're saying you were sent here to enlighten all of us while using me, Jake, as your mouthpiece to do so. Well, all I can say to you, Bob, is so far, so good. Um <laughs> Yes, Rich, they may have been building a catalytic, con catalytic converter. I'm not sure. Um, Keys, you're saying South by Southwest is happening online. Well, yes, this is happening. What we're doing right now is happening online. Um, all right, here we go. <laughs> Gary, you're saying, yes, do not let them have our oil. We need that to destroy our atmosphere. Oh, my goodness, Gary, you got there. Good job. Well done. Well done. And that is how pointed jokes and social commentary come together in one Thursday afternoon show to entertain all of us. Um, so today's question from the new question conversation box. Um, oh, but first, a question from Keys. Keys, hey Jake, did you ever do South by Southwest? No, I never did it. I was not invited. I was a bit old for the uh, youngster, hipster crowd, and I'm hoping that uh, thanks to these daily briefings, but although who's who's paying attention to these in the young hamster crowd, but I'm hoping to to possibly this is all this is all I've got hope for now, is to uh, acquire some kind of uh, cult following of younger people who come to appreciate me and then make me famous uh, later in my life, aka uh, or also similar to Rodney Dangerfield, but I think that happened to him 20 years ago as far as my age. Um, <clears throat> Brad, you're saying bring Jake Fest back to my roots in Iowa or Wisconsin. Lady Jerry can see firsthand from whence I came. Yeah, I'm not sure anyone or she would really enjoy that, but who knows? Um, <laughs> uh, Scott, I'm a model of sustainability now after a year of these. Yes, well, I am trying to be a model of sustainability 
as, as much as I can. Um, so today's question from the question box, what was your favorite car of the last three decades? And I asked, this can't be a car of all cars. It has to be my favorite car of my cars. And so the entrants are the Dodge Ram pickup truck, um, the new Toyota Tacoma pickup truck, the, um, Mini Cooper or the Ford C-Max. I can tell you it's not the Ford C-Max and I can tell you I really enjoyed the Mini Cooper and I highly recommend it to someone who's looking for a cool car that's kind of a sports car that's super fun to drive. Um, I recommend the Mini Cooper, but there were things about it that just weren't a great fit for me. And so now we're down to my two pickup trucks, my most recent one and my last one. And you never forget your first love, but let me tell you something. If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. So my favorite car of the last three decades is my brand new Toyota Tacoma 4x4 in forest green that I'm really excited about putting the camper on the back and heading up to Oregon and Seattle and Northern California for a fun vacation with Lady Jerry. Um, Oh, pick. You're saying, sorry, sorry, Jake, too many on here are older than me to make me a cult favorite with the youngsters. I know pick, but, uh, God forbids you tell your offspring to follow me or in fact, their offspring, uh, you need, you need young fans. If you're going to, if you're going to remain, uh, financially relevant in show business into your, uh, seventh decade. Um, Dave, yes, I think you are a cult at this point, although I'm not going to Guiana, no matter how you beg me. How did I go from a pickup to a mini rich? Well, I got tired of parking that giant thing and driving around, and I had the pickup truck when I was renovating another house and then purchasing this house and moving between them and back and forth to Home Depot, and then once I didn't have as many things to do with the pickup truck as often... um, I really wanted something smaller, easier to park, better gas mileage, more fun and sporty to drive. And so the Mini Cooper was probably in some sense a midlife crisis. So that's, uh, that's what I did. Um, Dave, you're saying cost of ownership of minis is not worth it. Yeah, well, they are, they are a bit, they are a bit uh, pricey in terms of their service, but I have to say the service wasn't so bad until it got to be eight years old or so. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I was much happier with my pickup truck. And also there's some other maintenance things with the mini that I wasn't crazy about. In fact, that doesn't have a spare tire. It's got those run flat, run flat tires, which means they don't go flat, but you have to get there within a half an hour. Uh, anyway, Keys, you're saying you watched last night's comics online at South by Southwest and they were not that funny. <laughs> Maybe you're too old to get the joke. Well, I've had that experience with comics, but also online comedy is tricky. And uh, I would, and then this is present, co- present company uh, included. I don't even c- include this in online comedy, but whatever I'm doing here is, uh, is about as funny as I think I can be online. Um, and it's not that funny. A cult or a cult? Phil, exactly. Uh, Jen, you're going to have to start writing down your cults. You're losing track. Yes, it's always good to keep a list of cults, like a list of lovers. If you don't start that list uh, early, 
um, you're going to forget some of the people at the beginning. <laughs> Sad. Um, <laughs> Jen, is Ozzy number one of your cults? Pick. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> Keys, you're joining Jen's staircase cult. It is a good cult, but uh, there's a high cost of ownership on that cult. I can tell you that. You can get hurt going down those stairs. So well, let's wrap up Friday's show, uh, or Thursday's first Friday show, um, and uh, get ready for the happy half hour tomorrow. It's 97.8 degrees is my body temperature right now. Um, oh, Gary, you're saying most European cars you should only lease and then turn over before the problems start at 50,000 miles. Uh I, I don't I don't know that that's uh, for sure, but I think generally I would sell the car to somebody else who's more. Some people enjoy getting a deal on a car and spending the time and money on their maintenance, and some people want to get the new car. I've decided I'm a new car guy, drive it, don't want to have to deal with it, and then later on. Um, <laughs> Bob, you're saying you're a cult hero in Guyana right now. You sent a bunch of golf clubs to them last year. Well, good for Good for you, Bob. Uh, between your golf business and your cat grooming business, uh, I th- I think uh, I think you're a strong member of this of this cult. And in fact, it may turn out that you're a leader, as you say. Speaking of cults, watching the local news regarding alleged attacks on the Capitol. Oh God! Well, I don't even know what that means, Phil. But uh, I I don't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to Google Google that. Scott, you're reminding us of Blue Oyster Cult. Terrific. Terrific. That's my favorite cult. Blue Oyster Cult. All right. I didn't even turn on the fart machine today um, because uh, my brain was exhausted from researching the ancient aliens in the Bible text. And Xavier Hayes, this is, this is your first opportunity to contact me at your earliest convenience for an appearance on the show. I'll have to figure out how to do that Zoom guest thing. All right. Um, might have to rethink Jake Fest cult. I don't think we're going to be a cult, David. I think, I think we're just going to have a festival. We're not going to do a cult. I've, I've thought about this a little bit. Now it's time for seize the day, seize the day or STD as we like to call it. Seize the day. All right. So seize the day, um, is today from, and let's get in here somewhere, from Bethany Hamilton, who is the uh, surfer, I'm pretty sure, who had her arm uh, taken off by a shark. I have her, I have her book over here somewhere, but I don't have time to go and get that. If I, I was so busy preparing the ancient aliens Bible that uh, I didn't have time to, to pre preview the seas of the day. But today, seas of the day is from, uh, Bethany Hamilton, uh, being out there in the ocean, God's creation, it's like a gift he's given to us to enjoy. And I have to agree with that. The ocean is, is, is a gift that is given to us to enjoy. By God, I don't know. Could be by some ancient aliens who felt bad about the fact that they were forcing us to mine gold after they genetically engineered us um, to be their slaves. But uh, either way, the ocean is awesome. I think we can all agree on that. I had a great time in the ocean today. 56 56 degrees, according to the Internet, yesterday and today have been two of the coldest days in the ocean since I started going in in October. And so uh, 
So there's that. Uh, I hope you're all well. Um, <laughs> keys, your pants off cult isn't going anywhere. Well, uh, best of luck with that, my friend. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you all tomorrow for the happy half hour. Until then, don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Uh, I enjoyed today, and I hope you did also. You did also. I'll see you all tomorrow. Nothing love you. Yeah.